Hey, it's Friday night, which means it's time for another episode of the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Casey. Last week, we kicked off our Avatar The Last Airbender entire show marathon. We've gotten lots of positive response to that and some comments on the YouTube. And uh, we got a comment that reminded me on where in between we used to read listener comments so i think every couple avatar episodes we will do a little bit of comment reading it won't be quite as long or as in detail as the where in between ones but we are going to start reading your guys comments from the youtube page we'll read your tweets to us as well we also put out our weekly twitter poll asking you guys which kind of bender you would want to be water won out by far with 43 percent Air had 22%, Earth had 19%, and Fire only had 16%. So, Water was the big winner, and the other three were pretty relatively even, I'd say. Yeah, and what I want to do is pull these 124 people again, the exact same sample, and add a fifth one that's just a Futurama bender, and see how many people would rather be him (laughs) than any of the normal benders. Yeah, personally, I went with Air, because... The flying thing, Casey. I've just I want to fly yeah. so bad. I want one of those gliders. But I do think I would definitely go. Water would be my second pick if I couldn't if I couldn't get the flying. Water has a lot of uses. It does. I picked air as well because of you. Like you convinced. I definitely was gonna <laughs> do Earth because I was like, you can build buildings. You can throw rocks at people, and thinking about it, it's like, oh, I would rather fly than do any of that. And that's yeah that's that's what sold me there's i just wish any bending was real it would be so disastrous for the world but i (laughs) i wish it was a thing you could learn how to do i would i would spend my entire life learning that like a a watered down version of it no pun intended (laughs) oh oh boy i i was kind of surprised though i didn't think water would be such a large winner here dominant yeah you know almost a majority not just a plurality yeah good stuff sure is guys this week we are discussing the spun or i should say we discussed the spongebob musical this was a live stream at mill iron studios in new york city we released it last week on youtube i'm gonna probably clean it up and edit a little bit but this intro and then the conclusion at the end uh were recorded later just to give some context uh with the rest of the podcast so got some weird time stuff going on i'm a little lost myself ashley about which week we're in but this was a really fun episode to record and i can't wait for you guys to hear it yeah, and uh, figure if you didn't catch it live, this would be a good time to get it in. Um, quickly want to mention, we will be spoiling the show yes. pretty much in its entirety throughout. Um, you can listen to the beginning, I guess, if you just want our initial thoughts, but we, we do get very spoilery. We figured for a lot of you guys, getting out to New York to see the show is just not, not in your cards, so it'd be fun to get some in-depth sort of look into what the show was so yeah and i'm not sure if it'll tour and here for those of you who are spoiler conscious but know you won't see the spongebob musical anytime soon what you should do is listen to the album on spotify or whatever streaming you use because it gives you a great idea of the show and it's really fun and you'll be that much closer to it absolutely um Also, guys, be sure to follow us on Twitter at FNN underscore podcast, as well as Facebook, facebook.com slash FNN podcast, and review us on Apple Podcasts so that others can find the show. Also, be sure to check out our YouTube page, especially now that we've got our uh, Avatar sort of sub-series going on. We've got a lot of uh, sort of um, content going on there, so 
Be sure to check us out all of the different social media. Thanks, everybody, for doing that. And I've created a playlist that's just the Avatar episodes, as well as we have our usual playlist of all FNN episodes. So I'm going to put the Avatar ones in both, I think. Oh, no, I don't think I will. I think I'll just have the normal FNNs that aren't Avatar in there. So yeah, that's all organized on the page. Check it all out there. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Now let's get started. It's Friday night, which means it's time for the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. It isn't, but we're here on a Monday night live from Midtown Manhattan in New York City, in the state of New York, in the United States, where Nicktoons happen and where the SpongeBob musical is currently happening. We just saw it on Sunday night. Uh, yeah, I, I'm here technically for Casey's opening night of uh, halftime tomorrow, but more importantly to see the Spongebob musical. And Casey, I, no, no offense to halftime, but I really don't know if it can live up to that hype. It's going to be hard to top, that's for sure, even though it went 1 for 12 in the Tony Awards last night, which we also watched. I'm realizing now it's going to be a very theatrical-filled week for you, just <laughs> thing after thing. I mean, it's with you. It's in New York. What else would I possibly expect, to be honest with you? That's true. That is very fair. Um, so yeah, we have lots to talk about on this one, guys. And my good friend Tyler Milliron, who has generously allowed us to use his studio and has set all of this up for us. He's amazing. Um, we are, yeah, here to talk about the SpongeBob musical. And we're just going to, right off the bat, a general sort of spoiler warning. Like, the plot is not that deep. It just isn't. Yeah, but it's, if it's you're one of those people who's like, I must not know anything this probably isn't the stream for you, but if you're like, I probably won't see this, or if I will, I don't really care if I know a few details, uh, stick around. It should be fun. Yeah, and I figured for a lot of you, probably getting to the SpongeBob musical isn't exactly doable for you, even, you know, if it tours around, it might not necessarily be on your list of things, but you're interested to know sort of what what happens, and so we're, we're here to fill you guys in on the exciting details um, overall, I'll start out and just say it was great. It was delightful, honestly. It was everything I would ever want in a SpongeBob musical and more. So uh, really glad Casey ended up uh, forcibly dragging me out there. It was miserable, you know. <laughs> yeah, act one ends and Ashley's just like, so can we go? Like, is this over? <laughs> <laughs> That's enough of this for me. I was like, obviously they all die. So yeah. <laughs> right, how right. much longer do I have to stay? So. Speaking of they all die, I think they did a made a great choice with this musical in deciding we're just it's like go big or go home like you can't do um uh an inconsequential spongebob plot it's literally the end of the world there's a volcano that we've never heard about before that is going to explode and it's going to destroy bikini bottoms they have to figure out do they leave do they stay and try to fight it there are these kind of anti-science crowd who doesn't think it's actually going to happen um, there's some great modern satire of it, too. The mayor is sort of fighting off the fake news media the whole time, as she says. And, uh, yeah, they create a character of the mayor. I think she's the only major character that's brand new to the musical. Yeah, I think that's I think that's valid. Um, and I, I think that was a good choice. And we, we actually, should we get into this now? Is this the right place to get into the... What is the government of Bikini Bottom? Yes. So we, we've we done now 30 episodes or 28 episodes of Spongebob on our podcast, and never once has the thought crossed my mind of like, 
how is Bikini Bottom governed? I have truly no idea. <laughs> we know that they have police officers, though, right? So there right. has to be some governing body that's setting up laws so is that somebody's like, enforcing it. Is so. it this, like, libertarian <laughs> utopia where, like, the police are privatized? And there's no, like, I truly don't know. There's not a president. There's a war general. Yeah, there's also, um, there's King Neptune, right, who kind of rules (laughs) over everything because he's a literal god. Every once in a while, he can kind of come in and do whatever he wants, but he's not exactly a governing He's not keeping an eye on things, (laughs) yeah. Is it, I mean, if it is like a truly capitalistic sort of anarchy, maybe Mr. Krabs is the closest thing. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really seem, though, like, if he was in charge of things, I feel like he wouldn't even care about officers. Like, he wouldn't bother no. with that kind of stuff. Anyways, there's a mayor in in the musical and right. uh, so they have got some more some more governing. But we can I think usual. we can say the musical is canon, right? Like they it Nickelodeon produced it, like it might as well have been a TV movie, you know. So I guess we know Bikini Bottom has a mayor and she just hasn't been relevant until now, right? Yeah, so and and I guess it, honestly it could be true. Like SpongeBob's not necessarily the type of person you'd expect to be politically inclined, right? So he probably yeah. wouldn't be talking about He's too harmless to yeah. want to pick a side, I think, on things. But, but like, Sandy would be. You know what? That's true. But maybe not with SpongeBob. I guess whatever. You know, it's fine. It's not a political show. It hasn't been. <laughs> it it's certainly not trying isn't. to be. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not even really a political musical, but it does have a couple of a couple of moments in there for sure. There's there's that. There's sort of the, um, the immigration kind of topics coming with sandy there's like a racism element to it that's really interesting at one point sandy so sandy's trying to save bikini bottom and it's that classic irony of like she's an outcast because she's not from there but she's the most capable of all of them to get them out of the situation and she walks up like it's a really tragic scene she sees a spray paint that says land mammals go home and it's actually like a pretty devastating moment where you see sandy see it and yeah, I don't know. I really like the actress who plays Sandy. I think she's very likable and charismatic. She gets the voice down really well yeah. without being annoying. You know, quick quick point on all that. Most of the voices were really well done. Mr. Krabs like could have been the yep. voice actor for Mr. Krabs, and I'd be 100%. like, sure, yeah, I believe it. SpongeBob was great. Um, another thing that I do want to comment on now because I know you know some people might be like, wait, Ashley liked the musical. She hates Nicktoons and musicals. <laughs> Something very important that they did is they didn't have him sing in SpongeBob's voice the entire musical, right. which I think would have been very grating and would have would have made me like it less. It works for Sandy to sing in character. Yep. It works for Squidward to sing in character. But I think that SpongeBob voice, that high up for that many songs would just... It's impossible, it's still, too, it's for It's still H-O's energetic, week. right? Like, it's yeah. still fun. It's just not that character voice. We don't have any Timmy Turners in this right. one making me... Making me want to die, so... <laughs> For sure. And I think Ethan Slater is carrying this entire show. Like, it, the, the designers did amazing work. The ensemble work is great. The direction is brilliant. But it all falls on his back. Like, if you don't... If you're not along with SpongeBob on this ride, it totally fails. Um, he has this just never-ending optimism that would... Even in the show could be annoying, but never once was I like, all right, SpongeBob, let's chill. It's just like, yes, it, it might be the best day ever, even as the volcano's about to erupt. Yeah, and he he is so great. He is so high energy. I can't imagine the amount of effort it takes to be that high energy two times a day, every day. And it's physical. Yeah. It's He's, he's doing backflips at some point, and the set is really cool. Like, the volcano is made out of boxes, and, and they're, like, climbing through all this stuff. Yeah, and then there's sort of ladders at the end, too, that he ends up sort of flipping yeah. through to get to the top. So 
Yeah, it was, and, and that's actually the that's the Tony that they did win was 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 set set right, and that was and, it. Yep. Um, you know, I, it wasn't necessarily the one I would have guessed, but looking back on it, things like that I think are probably really sort of inventive. what made that happen, right? Yeah. Like the boxes being used in such a creative way. They had even the bubbles might be set technically. There's right. a lovely moment involving bubbles. I'm and... thinking even like the the little moment. There's this this great moment where they sort of they're up on top of the volcano and they're looking down on the rest of the town and there's just this like tiny version of the town and they're playing with action figures and right? it's like, the conductor yeah. she puts down her baton <laughs> and she's got these little figures of bikini bottom and they're like look everyone's destroying each other and they're just like nah, 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 nah. oh it's perfect <laughs> that's that's the thing too is that the show is fun 100 percent of the way through yep. like it's it's fun it's funny but it's it's so it's got that SpongeBob like high energy excitement that that we love the show for and it translated so much better to stage than I ever would have pictured it. Like I Yeah. I, I wasn't sure. I was like, how does how is that gonna work? Is this gonna be is this gonna be terrible? Is this gonna be like over the top in the worst of ways? And it is over the top, but in the best of ways. <laughs> yeah, and like a classic sort of musical that came from a cartoon would be like Shrek the Musical, which it it has its merits, <laughs> yeah. but it's, I mean, it's kind of scary looking. If you look at those pictures, the designers did a great, great work on that, but I think it was the wrong way to go to make it look like the actual movie. And what I love that Tina Landau, the director here, did um, is she was like, we're going to do a theatrical version of SpongeBob. And you know, Patrick's going to wear a shirt, even though he doesn't wear a shirt, but it'll be a pink shirt and you'll buy it. You'll believe it. Squidward isn't bald. He has blue dyed hair, but it totally makes sense. And seeing a bald head would have been more jarring than seeing blue hair. And the costumes are great. I also love that they really play Squidward as like an old theater queen. Yes. <laughs> and there's really nothing in the show like that in the TV show, but it totally makes sense for this exact kind of situation. Yeah, and Squidward is so well done too. If you if you watched the Tonys and we can have a little chat about this, but you, you've seen his big his big number, his "I'm Not a Loser" yeah. song. It's I a fantasy chorus line number, and it's glorious. I feel like it, it is more glorious in the setting right. of of this of the show because you sort of see him feeling down and at his worst. It sort of goes through that mm -hmm. roller coaster too, where he starts it off as like "I'm not a loser," and then yeah. maybe I am, and then the chorus line joins in, and it's. It's explosive and exciting. And, and he's a great tapper. And they give him yes. an extra leg per each leg he has. Yeah, I love so that as too. he's tapping, it looks like he has four legs going. It's stunning. It's like, I think, genius. I don't think that's an exaggeration. Uh, it's a really fun moment. And when it ends, they all immediately kind of do their like, like kind of shimmy off. Yeah. And the lights change and he's just alone again. And it's really sad. The whole audience kind of audibly groans, like, oh, like that hurts. Yeah. He just had this big, beautiful fantasy. And you buy it by the end. He's not a loser. Yeah. And at the end, he's just stuck there alone and his dream doesn't come true. Yeah. But, you know, he, he does get his kind of moment on stage at the very end. They all sort of group together and he does, you know... He's, he's in it. He's part of it. I, right. And there's know. a recurring bit where he keeps trying to start like a cheesy song and dance number and then he gets cut off by something every time. That was funny. Yeah. And it, he really sold it too. I forgot the, the actor. Yeah, Gavin Lee one. is his name. Yeah. He was great. I think also deserved the award, but the band's visit cleaned up. It was the best musical this season. I'll admit it, but I uh, would have liked to see SpongeBob win a little bit more. Yeah. I still don't know if it was necessarily the best song for them to showcase so much yeah. of the show. I wish they would have shown 
more of the characters because I feel like things like Sandy's costume was really really well done. Yeah. There, there's this uh, the way that Casey was describing it too. It's like you knew who all of the characters were without them having to state it, but it, it's not like over the top cheesy costumes, right? Yes. Like, but. Like, you know, right? Mrs. Puff is a look, too. Yes. It's awesome. She's a minor role. And, like, that's sort of... It's kind of a Nickelodeon trope at this point. The cartoon hinting at alcoholism. <laughs> it's just sort of like, get me another kelp. Kelpacino, <laughs> she calls yes. it. It's like uh, Miriam Pataki and yeah. her smoothies. <laughs> a little bit less stark, but not quite... Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not quite alcoholism. It's more no. like, if the world is ending, I'm going to be at the bar. Which, yeah. like, you can't blame her. <laughs> yeah. And, you know... Th- they do also have um I liked the the clock throughout. I felt like it was a yeah. that was a good way of doing it. Sort of just this you feel the impending doom cuz Sandy calculated it to be I think it's is it 36 hours from the beginning of the show, 48 it's hours. It's sundown the next day. So I okay. don't remember the exact. It's not so it's much a, a countdown as no. like watching the clock to sundown. Right. And well, one thing we're not here to talk that much about the music of it. We're more plot based, yeah. but like it, it's a, a way that shouldn't work in writing a musical. They wrote it by committee. There was probably 15, 16 different artists and big names. David Bowie wrote a song. Um, Yolanda Adams wrote a gospel tune that's amazing. It's basically, just to dive into that one really quick, Patrick, in a side plot, uh, is sort of saying random things. And at first I thought, oh, this is going to be that sort of cringe humor kind of thing, and I, I don't like this. But then a group of sea anemones decides that he is their messiah, basically, and everything he says they take as, as gospel. And then that ends up leading into a gospel number where Patrick is this sort of, like, church leader and at first he's like what on earth is going on and at the end he's like i feel it brothers and sisters <laughs> and yeah. it's a, a crowd pleasing show-stopping moment for sure and uh casey and i were talking about it and at first casey was like i just don't know if patrick would get that big of an ego about it and i was like i don't know we see in the one when his parents come to visit that he immediately is so like eating up that he's actually the smart one and that yep. spongebob is the dumb one even though they planned the whole thing he's like Dumb people are always blissfully unaware of how dumb they really are. Like he's layers of irony there because <laughs> Patrick's being unaware of how dumb he is. Um, it's a smart TV show, and it turned into a smart musical. It did, it did, and and that whole that whole bit I thought was fun. It was oh, it was man. an interesting way of sort of getting them to have their their separation. We get a. Sorry, real quick before we yes. move on from that moment. SpongeBob is like, Patrick, we were going to form a team. It was going to be Sponge Rick or Pat Bob, and he was like, Well, yeah, but I said. Unless I become a messiah or a savior. I'm pretty yes. sure I said that. He never did. Uh, no, it's it's good. They they also are great together, I feel like. They've got sort of, you know, the, the best friend song going. They've got that whole repertoire built out really well. Um, it's, just, it's just fun. It's fun all around. And then we do get sort of, um, and it reminded both of us of that, um, what's the name of the one? The... It's just a greasy spoon without you, but I can't remember the actual... This kitchen's not the same yes. without you. Yeah, and John Legend wrote that song. It's <laughs> like, a, I, I think it's called I 
I still miss you or something like that. SpongeBob is up on the volcano. Patrick is on his throne. It's staged beautifully where one's up here, one's up here. They're singing to each other, but they're far apart. And of course, Patrick is the like literal deus ex machina at the end where like brief theatrical history, a deus ex machina, I believe started in Shakespeare time. It might've been Greek. It It literally translates to God of the machine. And when in a plot, you needed something to get resolved quickly, you would just have someone literally descend down and save the day and that's exactly what and i'm just realizing that now like that was on purpose like (laughs) patrick is a literal deus ex machina god of the machine and he is a god essentially in the story uh he comes in on a jetpack it's beautiful yeah it's and again the the plot itself isn't necessarily the most interesting Uh, i guess we are missing a pretty big part of it, though. There is Plankton, and I feel like yes, him him and Karen are great together. Um, we kind of have a, a situation where there is Karen as, like, the screen, but then there's an actress who's mm-hmm. sort of carrying it around, and they do have the uh, the sort of audio lines actually moving while she speaks, which is cool. So we I think she's of... an underrated gem of the show. Her rapport with Plankton, it's hysterical. It is. They're that great sort of, like, cartoon villain where you like them because of how ridiculous they are. And Plankton just has this ridiculous evil laugh where, like, a big moment will be coming and it's like, Mwah! Ha! 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 And I, I just love the way they go from bickering to like oh this plan is great it's brilliant and then they start you know it saves their marriage it saves their marriage for a second and then and then afterwards plankton's like well you came up with this horrible idea it's so it's so typical married couple i kind of like that about them in general too it is funny i I, this is my second time seeing the show and the first time i saw it i was with a friend who knows a lot more about rap and hip-hop than i do and Plankton starts a song and he's like, I've got this evil plan. It's going to be the best. And you're just kind of like, oh boy, here we go. And then the beat drops and T.I. wrote this song and it's amazing. They're like backup dancers and it's it's really funny, but also really good. Uh, I feel like every number is like that. There's no song I would cut except maybe the Patchy stuff. And we've been over. Patchy the Pirate is sort of used as a framing device of the show. It's like he's a it's like he's watching the show from the audience, but he keeps getting on stage somehow and he's like, Guys, I gotta meet SpongeBob and Yeah, it, it thankfully doesn't come up too frequently. No. Um it happens at the very beginning and that one's pretty brief. And then there's the song at the beginning of Act Two, mm-hmm. but I will say the moment that made that all worth it is like he says like oh I went to this pirate bar and I met all these pirates and like slowly the pirates start piling up on stage and I don't know exactly when he came in exactly but somebody is just like wearing like pirate like a baseball uniform like, like for an the old like yes. early 1900s like kind of black and white tinted and they're all singing like poor pirates are and he <laughs> they're all doing pirate things and he's got a glove and a ball and he's like <laughs> tossing it but he's just <laughs> as committed as the rest of them it's beautiful <laughs> just like he just he's just there and it's never it's never really brought up again yeah. they just sort of end up scattering off stage so. and like watching the audience around us individually in groups you could see them be like look at him look at that guy like they realized what was going on at different points oh that too the the audience you could just they loved it we they were all having a great time like it felt like this whole thing where you were experiencing it in this big giant room of like just high energy like everything about it like everyone you could feel people around it loving it you could feel just 
the, the cast loving it. Just yeah. all of it was just so much fun. I got to say, it has to be at least a good musical if at the very end there is a solid like 30 full seconds of confetti cannons and streamers and it feels earned. It doesn't feel <laughs> cheap. It's just like, like you were saying, you're like, I could have used more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's and wonderful. While that was happening, I remember it's this beautiful crescendo to the end and I thought the woman next to me was yawning because I saw her mouth kind of unhinge. And I was like, wow, really yawning at this amazing last beat? And I look and she's just got the stupidest <laughs> wide open grin I've ever seen. <laughs> I was like, same. Yeah. It, it, it was hard to stop smiling at certain points yeah. in there. It, just from, from start to finish again, everything about it is it's just such a joy. Um, oh, and, and the fan service. we gotta got to talk yes. about there's. A, a lot of little moments in there. Uh, my my favorite, I forget exactly what was dropped, but something gets dropped. It falls off the stage, down into the pit, and you hear a bunch of crashing noises. Yeah, it's like you hear the piano, you hear a trombone, go like, <laughs> and then you hear, my leg! And it's <laughs> yeah. like just the exact sound clip being used, and it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a good one. Mr. Krabs is arguing with Plankton at the very end, and he's he goes, you, ah! does the, the dolphin noise, and then, or it's, it's Mr. Krabs, and is it Plankton? Yeah, I think, I think so. It is. I think that's right. And then he says it back, and everyone's like, <gasps> There's a, oh, the, the opening with the French narrator, too. Oh, it's I, great. It's, it's... You hear that ukulele, chunga, 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 ah, bikini bottom, and you're yes. like, yes, we're here, this is it. <laughs> It's like, as soon as it starts, it's like, it's so obvious, but thank goodness that's how they chose to start it. Yeah. And there's a, what's fun about this show, like, in the Broadway theater sort of community, it doesn't always happen elsewhere, but when there's a star, you give them entrance applause. Like, when someone comes in, and, like, maybe they've just won a Tony, or they just got their nomination, and you're like, yeah, okay. This musical had entrance applause explicitly because of the characters, I think. I think at this point, Ethan Slater has built up enough of a name for himself that it's for him as well. But, like, Sandy gets applause, Mr. Krabs. It was like, uh, oh, the character we recognize, and you lo- you look like him, but not, and it's yeah. cool. You, you just got pumped. Like, anytime somebody was introduced, it was like, Squidward, he's in, like, of course he's in this, but, like, he's there, look, there right. it is, Squidward. It, like, he's got all those legs. The whole time, and, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, Mr. Krabs, even Mrs. Puff, I feel like might have gotten some kind of a reaction. At yeah, least. yeah, exactly. You could you could just feel people being like, "I see how you guys did this," and. But I think they did a great job making a show for everyone, where it pleases us, at, like near the top of the hardcore, and you guys, hopefully, you know, who are similarly up there, probably more than us, honestly, and. Yeah, if you're watching this, you're probably more into Nicktoons than we are, because I At don't know if I would watch us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but I really felt like there were jokes that didn't land with everybody because it was a reference to the show. Like, is mayonnaise an instrument gets dropped? And that got a huge laugh from people who know the show, but nothing from others. But those people who weren't laughing at those moments were having a great time with the rest of it. So I think they made a show for all ages, really. And there was a lot of age diversity in the audience. There were kids. There were people our age. There were older people. It was cool to see. Yeah, I'd say, honestly, overall, an older audience than I would have guessed. I would have thought it would be almost exclusively kids. And right. obviously there were kids there. Well, the average Broadway audience is something like 55 or yeah. something ridiculously high. So I'll bet this one was more like 40, maybe yeah. even lower. So it's just, just, you know... 
But definitely a lot of people, I'd say, in their 20s hitting up yeah. SpongeBob the Musical, yeah. and feeling the excitement. I hope they get a bump, because they were packed when we were there, yeah. but it was the night before the Tonys. So I really hope they get a bump. It's just they didn't win much. So hopefully just seeing the nominations a lot might get some people out. Like, it might have increased its radar. Like, maybe some people didn't know there even was a SpongeBob musical. Um, I don't know, but I wish it had won more. I worry for the future of the show. Like, if it closes soon, I don't know if it'll tour. Yeah, but and that's that's kind of a bummer, because I really do think um, they did such a good job with it. And with something like SpongeBob, they could have been so lazy, right? Yeah. If the wrong people picked this up, if the wrong people got picked for it, it, it could have been such a, like, a kid-pleasing, lazy, just... They, they could have even done, like, let's just rehash one of the movies and make that into it. Let's just lengthen one of these episodes, throw it up on stage, put somebody in a sponge costume, have them sing or dance along, and it'll, it'll you know, still draw in people. But they really yeah. did put heart into it. And, yeah. There's a know. moment where I, te- I teared up both times. And I won't spoil that one, but <laughs> there's a moment where it's just like, oh, wow. Like, it's obvious, but they did that, and it's beautiful. Yeah, th- that too. I do just, there, there was a few just very beautiful moments. I know the one you're talking about, but one that comes to mind for me too is uh, there's a point when Sandy's feeling kind of down and she heads over to Jellyfish Fields and they're just using these umbrellas as the jellyfish, but mm-hmm. it works so well. It feels so beautiful. They have them all sort of just flowing up and down in patterns and it's just... It's a lot like the Lion King. They're similarly very creative with building the animals. You know, there's like birds on a string that they lasso and stuff like that. It felt kind of like that. Or like even at the end uh, when all the characters are coming back on stage and we see like sea creatures and balloons and confetti and it's just like everything you would want in Bikini Bottom is there. Even Larry the Lobster is there and he's got some funny moments. Yeah, there's just there's a lot going on in it all times too right there's a lot of just it's a big musical right Mm -hmm. there's a lot to see it's a lot of just a lot of things happening there's always something to look at in multiple areas of the stage but it's not distracting there's there's a couple of original jokes that were really well done and i did like the kind of prop humor they had going i'm thinking the very beginning there was um they were like here's some kelp that's Helping or something like mm-hmm. that, and they they have like these big arrows that somebody's yeah. like using to Ding! point over yeah. at like, and this is the pineapple, and this yeah. is like there's that kind of physical mm-hmm. humor. There's it's the SpongeBob sign. at the end, or oh. the, going back to the kelp thing, where he's like, guys, look around, like it's really not that bad. The he's like, the the sun is shining, the kelp is still, and he kind of pauses and just goes, kelpie, <laughs> like it's the <laughs> like it's the best thing. <laughs> uh. But yeah, the sign. The, the sign at the the volcano. Yeah, and it says, uh, like, if you remember the exact wording, go for it. It's like uh, voted most likely to kill you seven years in a row, <laughs> yeah. and they're all like, "Wow, that's impressive." Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, there's there's a couple of little things too. I liked. Um, was it Plankton was reading some kind of, like, taking over the world for dummies or something, and they have, like, a magnifying yeah. glass on him. And then we the see projection, him up on a screen. yeah. Yeah. A, a lot of just good things that are that are great elements that felt very SpongeBob, but could only be done on stage, yes. right? Like, they, they really took the same humor elements of, like, these big physical things that happen in the show, but made it work in an onstage environment. I thought that was really cool. Me too. Yeah, it's just a blast from start to finish. I'm never bored. Every song works. I don't love all the lyrics, but it's like, 
they had to just get it done at some point. You know, the lyrics aren't going to be perfect, and that's fine. Um, oh, we need to talk about the sound, too, because there's basically right. a guy with a soundboard backstage with every step. So, like, when Squidward walks, it's like, wah, 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 wah. And, like, when Spongebob kind of flips backward, you hear that, like, squeaky toy noise. Yeah, and he, he has squeaks for his shoes, too, going. So there's a lot of, lot of little bits like that. There's the, the moment, too, where he's, like, testing the sound guy or whatever, <laughs> and he does, like, a whole bunch of moves all at once. Yep. They're all spot on, too. It's, yeah. like, exact seconds. Even at the end, in the finale, I think it is, he's, like, creeping downstage, and it's, like, squeak, 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 and he kind of looks over to the sound guy backstage, and he slowly lifts his leg and tries to trick him. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. It's fun. It's just playful. There's a lot of interaction with the conductor where she hands them stuff. And, yeah. You know, of course, the moment with the little little toys. And we got to talk about Pearl because, oh, my, oh my God, goodness. what a talent. Yeah, She's 18. She, like, just graduated from high school, I think. And she, basically, they make her a riffer. Um, the design they went with her was great. They don't make her a whale. They make her, like, a cheerleader with high pumps. Yes. And when she walks, it goes boom, 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 boom. And, like, her and Mr. Krabs has this very cabaret-style song about money. And he's going around. It's a fun set number where he's going around opening, like, the the opening the oven and opening drawers. And there's just bags of money yep. in all of them. And she's riffing over all of it. Like, listen to me, listen to me. And the whole time he's like, did you say something? And it's kind of funny because she's so loud and impressive. Yeah. That was a great number. Oh, her, her voice was phenomenal, oh, too. God. I mean, the, the entire cast, there's no one that's week I would I say agree. really but she she definitely stands out with her she she can belt it man mm-hmm. so and the ensemble carries the show in its own way too yeah they're Got all... this, the uh what are they called the sea and enemy is great the yes. chorus line but the uh the sardines is that what yeah, it is sardines, yeah I think that that's... follow Patrick around are just they're they're in perfect unison pretty much the whole show yeah that the ensemble in general too there's a couple of just weird random fish swimming around that are still just entertaining to watch then and again the costuming on those they're just really cool just just cool random fish shapes happening and it's it's so good there's there's a couple of big set moments too that were kind of cool there's pieces on the edge that like brought those big uh i forget what they were they were boulders boulders yeah Volcanoes. It's very like mousetrap. If you remember that old yeah. '90s board game where it would kind of fall through a maze and then come and land on the stage, and they were clearly bouncy balls, but just from the sound effect alone, it felt like oh, that looks really heavy because it was like boom, 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 and it right. would land and it would bounce, but it looked dangerous yeah. even though it wasn't. And it was just, it was just overall, it was good stuff. Like, we got the glow in the dark sponges in the Panic at the Disco song. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not a oh, simple that was, sponge. That one was Gorgeous. really beautiful, yeah. too. They, they use these sponges in a lot of different ways to make different shapes. They, at one point, make it, um, they make a Gary shape and a Patrick shape. And the audience audibly went, aww. Like, it's really, it's it really so sweet. sweet. Yeah. And all the lights are out except for the sponges on him. They make the sponge shape and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. That was great. Yeah, and they kind of do like an outwards and inwards sort of thing. And it, it sort of goes along with his emotional feelings throughout the song. Like, yeah. at some point he starts feeling down about himself again. And they're like, the numbers kind of dwindle and then it comes back together. And make a happy face. Yeah. Oh, it's... it's and then I, they also, uh, the happy face winked at, at one oh, point. They yeah, like took the sponge right, and yeah. put it in half. There's there just a lot of little physical things with the props that were so good. Yeah. 
and Gary's on a skateboard. Gary's not an actor. He's just a, just a prop. But he comes in, beginning of the act, end of the acts, the end of the show, just so that he's there. And I'm pretty sure, we were pretty far back, but I'm pretty sure it's SpongeBob himself doing all the meows it for might Gary. Be. It felt like he was doing like a blah, 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 meow, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, th- that does bring up another one of those moments. Um kind of a classic Spongebob deal too is he wakes up the next day because there's like there's a night and then he wakes up and he's like Gary I had the worst dream that that the entire world was going to fall apart and that my friends are abandoning me and we get Perch Perkins who that in itself is already great like a narrator type role throughout and he uh, on TV is like the world's ending and friends are abandoning each other and Spongebob just goes into this like no and then we get the the narrator with his like 30 minutes later and it like keeps doing that and he's in a different pose every time it's a funny way where he can drag that bit out yeah it's 50 years later and he's got a beard and then he throws it away yeah but Um, just that time card thing sort of being done in a in a more (laughs) physically interactive way it was is gold and then there's a point where gary meows at spongebob he's like all right i gotta go and Gary goes, meow, and he goes, and I too, Gary, would go to the ends of the earth to defend our relation, our friendship, or something. <laughs> like, where he's obviously saying something deep. Yeah, Just the meow. It's great. I'm trying to think. Is there, is there anything else we're, we're majorly missing here? Not really. There's Old Man Jenkins, who's, like, the leading antagonist against Sandy. Yeah. And there's a nice moment at the end where Sandy saves the day through her... Er, er, eruption oh what's it called i don't know they say it several times it's a the uh, the eruptor interrupter something like that there's called. there's more words in there too but yeah yeah well for that's what they read that's the catchy name the catchy by name the end. right and she basically is able to convert the volcano the the lava into bubbles and it's right. a really beautiful scene and old man jenkins at the end is like we're sorry you were actually you know like we were wrong about you, and Sandy goes, uh, "I still, I've got to leave. I got like, I don't know if I can ever trust y'all again." And it's, and SpongeBob says, "I know," but like, but I forget how he words it. But he's like, "But, but we like, would you consider it or so? It's something yeah, respectful, something like, that. like I love the love acknowledgement, to have you or something yes, like that. Yeah. where it's not on her. Like, come on, Sandy, forgive him. It's like a, it would be totally valid if you just left right now and never came back and." She's convinced a little too quickly. She's kind of like, yeah. well, okay. I mean, there's only so much time, <laughs> yeah, right? And yeah. then you've, you've got to move on. We're at the end on. of the show, yeah. And, but I, I do like, and I think you could kind of, you know, take that to mean that there was an amount of time that they're thinking about it, right? That she's right. thinking over what's sort of going on there. And so I think, I think that was a good message, too. There's a lot of good messaging overall. Again, yeah. just the sort of acceptance of her, even though she's a land mammal right. and she doesn't belong here. And there's... there's this really satisfying arc where Spongebob's like with Sandy's brain, Patrick's brawn, and my whatever ability. He's kind of like, he doesn't know what he brings to the table. And at the end, Patrick very succinctly puts it. He's like, Spongebob, you've got corralled us all together. You planned this whole thing. You've been clear throughout. Your thing is managerial skills. Yes. <laughs> and all he wants to be is a manager. And it's the perfect thing to say to SpongeBob there. And it is true. Like, he does have management skills, even though he's a lot to yeah. handle. And, and it's it's also kind of funny. It, it reminds me both of the um, the original SpongeBob movie, right, where he, he wants to be a manager more yeah. than anything. And we do sort of have a, a similar conversation at the beginning. Um, 
to the movie where uh, where he says something about, like, well, why couldn't I be the manager? And he's like, oh, you're just a simple sponge. Right. Instead of the, oh, you're just a kid from the movie. But a yeah. similar sentiment of, like... To find the hook for Brendan Urie like, later. <laughs> the entire cast getting together and, like, laughing like, at him, like, ah, out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> yeah. you being a manager, yeah. good one. And, oh, yeah, man. it's... And then they do, they drop the best day ever at the end, and it's really lovely. It's recontextualized in a, this is probably the worst day of all of their lives, even if they don't all die. And SpongeBob's able to turn it into, could be the best day ever, yeah. which isn't in the original song. Yeah. I thought that was really smart. That slight word change makes it, could be the best day ever. Like, it's still, sure, like, sure, we could all die, he says, but maybe we won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they, they end up sort of all getting together and holding hands and sort of, it's, it's sort of decrescendo, de is that the yeah, word for yeah. it, right? And there's <laughs> this moment where they all hold hands <laughs> and we'll just go directly into the spoilers at this point because if you think you're going to see it, uh, hopefully you, you needed you our warning. Yeah. <laughs> but there's this moment, they're all holding hands and they just go five, four, and the clock that we've seen the whole way through is counting down two, one, and they wait. And I think Squidward is like, nothing happened or something and slowly just bubbles start filling the stage from the top and it, that's the moment that I was describing yeah. earlier you it's can feel everyone in the audience just, too again. it's one of those yeah. like breathtaking moments e- even just them sitting all together holding hands like yeah. you feel the tension of it you know again yeah. it's, it's a Spongebob musical you're not here to be shocked and blown away by what happens like you know it's gonna be a happy ending yeah. you know the entirety of bikini bottom isn't gonna get wrecked but stasis will be restored you know it, but but also like both times for some reason i didn't see the bubbles coming even though sandy's like and i'm gonna make this machine and then if you look in this box here and it's all really shiny remember that moment yeah. where the lights are shining out of this box no clue how they did that but She's like, it'll use bubble technology to blah, blah, blah. And I kind of wrote it off like whatever science gibberish. But then you find out at the end that the way they stopped the volcano was to somehow convert the lava into bubbles. There's something with the pressure. Yeah, because he threw the device into the volcano. It was kind of Lord of the Rings where they had to climb the mountain, throw it in and get out. But that's just a stunning moment. and Yeah, it kind of reminded me, um, just them the holding hands thing, it reminded me of Toy Story 3. Yes, me too. That end scene where they're all, again, they're all just sort of bracing for their deaths. Yeah. They're all like, we're all in this together, it's or all happening. Or even Iron Giant, too, yeah. if you remember that one. We get them sort of all whispering, this could be the best day ever, and just the oh. anticipation there. And it's, you feel it. You feel like, the like I said, the sort of nervous, like, what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen. You know the toys aren't actually going to be destroyed. You know that Bikini Bottom isn't going to be destroyed, yeah. but it still just gets to you, and it's... Yeah, that's... And they waste no time. They go right into a finale, which is just a reprise of the opening that's really catchy. It's called Bikini Bottom Day, and it's, it's just a nice way for SpongeBob, because he's kind of guided us through this whole story, and he kind of wraps it up really nicely. And then, of course, after Bows, we get the... What the theme song, which, which we really did fun. sing along to, guys, loud, loud and proud, boisterously. Yeah, no shame. As did everyone. Yeah, I mean, how can you not? Right? It's just it felt so right for them to do, and everyone's just dancing along wildly on stage. Um, mm. SpongeBob's, you know, encouraging you like sing along. You all know you want it. You know, you know, you know the words. Yeah, sort of yeah. Uh, oh, and I forgot to tell you, the first time I saw it, we were in streamer range, and I grabbed one, and I saved it, and it's on my desk. I'll have to uh, show you when we're back, but nice. it's, it's just a blue streamer. It's like, I just want to have this for, be like, this is from SpongeBob the Musical on Broadway. <laughs> it's just a weird, cool thing to have. 
But that's really all I've got. Honestly, yeah, it's it's a joy from start to finish. If you can go see it, I would recommend it. You can rush ticket it like we did, and yeah. it's, it's pretty affordable. Thirty bucks, 30 yeah, bucks for you to go doable. see it. Um, well worth thirty dollars. Definitely thirty dollars worth of joy in there, especially yeah. if you love the show. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there is some fan service in there, but it's not. It's not like they could have gone way too overboard with it. No, it's just the right amount. I'd say like ten or so lines of the entire show are direct quotes from episodes, and that's as much as you really need it to be. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, I think that's about it for me too. Unless are are we missing something? We talked about the set. We talked about the costumes. Talked about the songs. We got we hit every character. Patrick's funny. He's I guess we kind of hit that yeah, with the gospel Patrick's, number. Yeah, Patrick's not my favorite character to be no, honest with you. And it's a lot of it's in the writing where it's just he's so dumb and so over the top. Yeah. But it's worth it for the savior. It arc, is. It works. It works. Which is one of those moments where it starts and you just kind of want to tip your hat to the writers. Like the song starts and you're like, whoever thought of that? Oh, I guess well there's done. the. There's the skateboarding band that's there oh, for yeah. a hot second, which is right. only kind of relevant. They're doing like a fundraiser concert to save money. To, to, to get the to escape pod money. for this plan that Plankton has where he's going right. to hypnotize them all to like chum burgers. I mean, it, yeah. that that's all kind of whatever. You can fill in the blanks there. It's a, right. it's a typical Plankton scheme. But yeah, Squidward has to like round up all these things for the band. And when he misses like horseradish because it's out of season, they all quit. And then, Yeah, and that's like, what, what we get. What are we going to do? His, his his beautiful number, number yeah. too, yeah. Because he wanted to perform, and he's gonna do it on his terms <laughs> or anyone else's, and it's very in the style of like Mama Rose and all these like iconic theater. Judy Garland, Liza Minnelli, these loud and proud musical theater women. <laughs> I love all of his like that was for you, mom. Yeah, every time he does, yeah, he's like, for my mama, yeah. It was like, never referenced, I don't even think, once in the series, I think I they show it. her a few times. Doesn't she have, like, black hair where it's, like, a flashback? Could be, very well could be. But she's be. not but really she's implied not to be alive, yeah. Not not often brought up, and it's it's lovely. Oh, it's hilarious. But yeah, the last shout-out to Tyler Milliron, Milliron Studios in New York City. So I think we'll just wrap it up. All right, guys, our Twitter poll for this week is which Nicktoon would you like to see made into a musical besides Spongebob? Obviously, Spongebob's already got its time in the spotlight, but there's a lot of different options that we we are kind of talking through. and We think these are the four best contenders for a Nicktoon musical. Jimmy Neutron, Fairly Odd Parents, Hey Arnold, or Rocket Power. And of course, feel free to give us your write-in votes if you think we messed up on our choices there. Of course, fifth choice would have been Rugrats preschool days, but Twitter doesn't let us have a fifth <laughs> poll option. Also, the only correct answer to this one is none of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love Nicktoons and musicals more than it's probably healthy, and I don't want any of these. So, <laughs> no, uh, but you know, I think I think there could pay. be some fun. You know, actually, that's not true. I would pay Broadway prices for a Hey Arnold if it was done right. I think it could be, but we'll we'll see we'll see what you guys think. Yeah. Well, next week, guys, we'll be getting back at it with every odd-numbered FNN episode. We'll be doing an episode of Avatar: The Last Airbender in order. So next week is the second episode of that. I'm so excited. It still doesn't really feel like we're watching it all the way through. It feels like we just did the pilot, you know. So here we are. We're continuing it. It's happening, and I'm so excited. Same. It's. 
it's been a while since we've done a, a series watch through like this and I think Avatar is the perfect one to do it with. Hopefully you guys are watching along getting all of the feels just like we are. And again, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. So you can find us at all of those lovely places. Absolutely. And I have two little things before the sign-off. One is this is a historic moment for the podcast. We've had a lot of those lately. We, This is the first thing we've done that you can't watch on a TV. I was going to say the first thing without a screen, but there are screens. There are projections, so that's not entirely true. Uh, so it still ties us in there. But yeah, this is the first thing that you can't find online somewhere. Or maybe you can. Maybe there's a bootleg. <laughs> and the other thing was the, a parting thought that I <laughs> forgot to share on the live stream, but it was the immediate takeaway I had after watching this musical a second time. And I told Ashley right out, we were talking about how Squidward is very flamboyant in this musical. And I said, well, I didn't pay Broadway prices twice to see a straight Squidward. And with that, <laughs> thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.